Chapter 33. Chess. Emma sounds like mom too, Chess thought. She sounds exactly like mom when she's telling all of us what to do. A memory tugged at Chess's brain, one that was so, so painful and from so long ago that he could only reassemble bits and pieces of it. Maybe it wasn't even real, or maybe he just wanted to convince himself it hadn't happened. He could remember lying on the floor, playing with his red toy car again, maybe. Only it was after they'd gotten the news that dad had died. This wasn't part of his usual memories about dad's death. Maybe it was only a few days later. Maybe he'd stopped playing. Maybe he'd been screaming and pounding with his fists on the floor or just lying still, too sad to move. And then mom was there picking him up and he'd cried to her, I want daddy back. Make him not dead. Remember, Chess was four. And mom had murmured, oh, Chessie, I want that too. But we don't have a choice. It's not possible. She'd smoothed back his hair and hugged him close and whispered, other choices, though. The next thing that had happened was that mom had laughed. It had startled Chess. And somehow, even though he was only four, he'd understood that the laugh wasn't a happy one. But he'd been too young to understand what a laugh like that could mean. Instead, it had frightened him. He hadn't understood mom's next words either. What am I talking about? I have to do this. There isn't any other choice. There isn't any other choice. He heard the words the way mom had said them eight years ago and the way Emma said them now. And the tone was exactly the same. Both of their voices were full of determination, determination fighting with fear, with the determination winning. It was that similarity that had jarred loose Chess's memory. We're all like mom, Chess said dazedly. All three of us. We're all, well, not mom twins, but many moms anyway. Emma, Finn, and Natalie all snapped their heads toward Chess. All three of them looked puzzled, and Chess realized their conversation had moved on while he'd been stuck in the past, stuck hearing echoes of mom's voice in his head. He flushed, he flushed realizing how dumb he sounded. He expected Finn to protest. What are you talking about? I'm not like mom. I'm not a girl. But Finn, for once in his life, wasn't rushing to talk. He just looked up at Chess. So chess, so trustingly, as if he thought chess had figured something out, something big, and he was waiting for chess to explain. Oh, maybe I did just figure out something big, chess thought. Mom says we're the only ones who will be able to read her letter, he said, pointing to the computer screen Emma had been poring over before they'd heard the voice like mom's. He stretched out his arm, so his fingers brushed five words in particular in the few lines that were understandable. Only the three of you. Because you're the ones she's mailing that letter to, Natalie said with an annoyed flip of her hair over her shoulder. She's only sending it to you three, so... No, Chess said. Somehow he found that he didn't care anymore that Natalie had been a lip gloss girl in charge of everything at school and nobody had ever challenged her. That's not what this means. She wants us to be the only ones who to know what's in this letter. And so she put it in a code... I just lost my place. Sorry, I was trying to make it a full screen. So she put it in a code that only we can read because we're the only ones who would know the key. You mean it's going to be something with math, Finn said glumly, because Emma's a math genius. Mom knows Emma can solve any math puzzle. I can't help after all. No, Chess said again. Would he have to disagree with everyone until he got them to understand? He saw Emma recoil and he tried again. I mean, yes, Emma's a math genius, but so are other people. If it's just some tricky math answer, we could send it to the head of, I don't know, MIT, and he could solve this. 
or she, Emma said, do you actually know if the head of MIT is a man or a woman? I don't, Chess admitted. There are lots of things I don't know, but ever since mom, ever since since mom left, all three of us have been saying things like, oh, mom would never do that. And we know mom loves us. She, the words stuck in his throat, but he forced them out. She would never abandon us unless she thought she had to. You're saying we're all experts on mom, Emma said, finally catching on. And you think that's what's going to matter, solving this code. Chess saw Natalie start to open her mouth. And just from the way she just twisted her face, he knew she was going to say something like, but you didn't know she was going to vanish or you didn't know she had a lookalike twin in Arizona. If that's even a twin, you don't know for sure. Or you didn't know she had a room that spins in a secret tunnel under your house. You're not very good experts. And Chess was going to need to stop her from saying any of that. But before Chess or Natalie or Chess could speak, Finn said, I know mom smells like apples. Some guy or woman from MIT wouldn't know that. And the way he said it, Chess's heart squeezed. Finn could just as easily have said that mom smelled like sweat and grass and gasoline when she came in from mowing the yard or like pumpkin pie when it was Thanksgiving or like rosemary mint shampoo when she just washed her hair. But all that would have been true of lots of moms. Their mom did smell like apples, even when she hadn't even been around apples. It was just how she was. Chess saw Natalie shut her mouth. He stopped watching her and turned back to Emma. I didn't always pay much attention when you kept talking about the codes all the time last winter, Chess said. But wasn't there one kind where you had to know a quote from the Bible or a line of poetry or some other phrase and that's how you could figure out the code? You think that's the kind of code mom used, Emma said. Her eyes lit up. And you think that the key to this code is some phrase that mom says all the time that only the three of us would know. Yes, Chess felt triumphant almost as if they'd already solved the code and found mom. Then you don't actually need me at all, Natalie said, bitterness in her voice, because I wouldn't know any of that. Don't mind me. I'll just be over here listening to parents sobbing about their kidnapped kids. And you think that's a tougher job than listening to Emma Finn and me talking about our missing mom? Chess wanted to shout at her. Or than being us? Trying to remember everything we can about mom when we already miss her so much? But something weird happened. Natalie caught Chess's eye, and it was almost like she understood what he wanted to shout. Sorry, she muttered. Chess felt a little dizzy. He wasn't used to having anyone understand him except Mom, Emma, and Finn. I'll start saying stuff Mom says, Finn said excitedly. Is someone going to write it all down? She says, I think Captain Underpants is really funny, too. She says, sure, go ahead and jump on the bed. You only get to be a kid once. She says, Finn, Mom does not say you're allowed to jump on the bed. Emma corrected. She pretends not to notice, but the, that thing about being only being a kid once, that's a good one. I'll try it as the decoder. She reached for a piece of paper from Miss Morales's desk and started writing. What else can you think of? Everybody should know how to clean a toilet, maybe, or it's okay to mess up. Nobody's perfect. Chess caught Natalie still watching him. He realized he'd winced at every mom phrase Finn or Emma quoted. I'm really sorry. Natalie repeated. Natalie repeated. Sorry, I lost my place. Something blew over on the deck. It's really windy. I'm really sorry, Natalie repeated. Sorry that you have to dwell on everything like this and that we're going to find our mom, Chess interrupted before she could finish. It's going to work. It is, all right. 
And somehow, even though he hadn't meant to, this time he really did shout at her. Chapter 34, Finn. Finn woke up in a different place than where he'd fallen asleep, again. It was his third morning at Miss Morales's and Natalie's house. In the past two nights, no matter how much he tried to stay awake and help the elder, the older kids solve the code, each night, Emma had started going on and on about matching up letters and no, no, this is how you test for whether it, that's the right phrase. And the next thing Finn knew, he was waking up in the bedroom Miss Morales had assigned him rather than the office where he'd fallen asleep. Probably Chess had carried him up to bed each night and Chess was so tall and strong and nice that he'd probably hadn't even asked Emma or Natalie to help. Finn stretched his left hand clunking against the wall that he kept forgetting was there because his bed back home sat in the middle of the room not often a little alcove like this one. And this bed had a comforter covered in weird red flowers, which would be the last comforter design in the world that Finn would have chosen. But he wasn't going to complain about that to anyone, not when there was so much else going wrong, like mom being away and not calling us. And Finn's eyes flooded and he balled up his fists and pressed them against his eyelids until the tears went away. He wasn't used to having to stop his brain from thinking about whatever it wanted to think about. But over the past few days, he'd learned that he couldn't think about mom during school or around Miss Morales. He couldn't think about the kids in Arizona either. Why had the kids in the, that family vanished when Finn's family? Finn scrambled up out of bed to distract himself so he wouldn't have to dig his fists into his eyes again. Take off your pajamas. Put on your clothes. Don't think about how mom always has to, as you pick out a shirt the night before and Miss Morales didn't. Don't think about how Chess, Emma, and I have been working on solving mom's code for two nights straight and we're still stuck. Finn was sure he buttoned and zipped everything properly, but he left his pajamas in a heap on the floor and raced out of the room like he was scared of his own, he was scared his own thoughts would chase him. He wanted to find Chess or Emma, but when he passed their rooms, he could see that his brother and sister were still motionless lumps in their beds. Natalie then. Natalie had to get up earlier because middle school started before elementary school. Her room was totally empty, but he could hear someone walking down the stairs. I'll sneak up on her and then jump out and surprise her, Finn told himself. That's a normal thing for me to do. It was weird how he thought about his every action now. Before mom went away, he'd just done whatever he wanted, mostly without thinking. But now he always had to ask himself, am I acting like myself? The alternative to acting normal was jumping up and down and screaming, I want my mommy back. Mommy, come and get me now. He couldn't do that because what if he did and it still didn't bring mom back? Finn made himself concentrate on tiptoeing silently down the hallway, then down the stairs behind Natalie. None of the stairs in the Morales house gave off a friendly little squeak like the stairs back home. So Natalie didn't hear him. She didn't turn around. I could be a spy. Finn thought. I'm good at this. Mom would be proud. That last part made him gulp hard and not exactly silently. But Natalie didn't seem to notice because she was stepping into the kitchen where a coffee maker gurgled and Miss Morales had a TV turned on low. Some announcer talking about stocks or bonds, boring grown-up stuff. Did you sleep well? Finn heard Miss Morales say in a fake hearty voice and Natalie snapped back. Does it matter? Would you let me go back to bed if I didn't? Then decided he wasn't ready to talk to Natalie and Miss Morales yet this morning. He'd keep being a, a spy. He pressed his back against the wall, separating the kitchen from the dining room, and stood still. On the other side of the wall, Miss Morales sighed. I know you still love me, she told Natalie, 
someday when you get past being a 13 year old, being 13 year old, 13 years old, and you're not so angry about the divorce, you're going to thank me for just smiling back at you when you're like this. Natalie made a sound that was halfway between a snort and a harmph. And maybe Miss Morales was leaning in closer toward her, her, her daughter because Finn had a harder time hearing. I do need your help, Natalie. I still don't know where, when Kate Greystone's coming back. And she's so vague in all of her texts. When she, when she even answers my texts, I'm starting to get worried. I told her to make it take as much time as she needed, but what do you want me to do about it? Natalie snarled. You're not allergic to cats, Miss Morales said. You don't have to take Benadryl for days and still be all foggy headed after being around a cat for five minutes. That means that maybe I got something good from dad's side of the family, Natalie asked. Maybe Miss Morales made a face at Natalie. Her voice got a little louder, but other than that, Miss Morales kept talking as if Natalie hadn't said anything. That means that you can take care of the Greystones cat for me this afternoon, Miss Morales said. If we're going to have those kids stay with us for more than just a few days, and it looks like we are, I think it's a good idea for them to keep going back to their house. So I don't think it's a good idea for them to keep going back to their house so often and getting upset all over again. I'll pick you up after school. You can take care of the cat. Then we'll get the kids when their school day ends and we'll tell them, I don't know, maybe their mom wanted me to take them to what's that place that's like Chuck E. Cheese except for older kids, Dave and Buster's. That should keep their minds off missing their mother for another night. Oh, so you want me to clean up cat poop and lie to a bunch of little kids, Natalie said. Great, Mom. Thanks. It's only a white lie, Miss Morales protested. I'm sure Kate does want me to keep her kids happy while... What about that tunnel under the house, Natalie demanded. Aren't you afraid I'll sneak through it again to meet boys, the ones I don't even know, but... Natalie, I'm trusting you. I'm giving you another chance to act responsibly. Finn could practically hear the frown in Miss Morales's voice. Because I know you are capable of being trustworthy and responsible. Thanks for the vote of confidence. There was a thud that might have been Natalie slamming the refrigerator door. I do want you to stay out of that tunnel, Miss Morales said, and her voice was hesitant now, maybe even scared. You're right. It does worry me. I try to find out. I tried to find out about the design of that house. I looked for building permits filed at the courthouse and everything, but there's nothing. It doesn't make sense. I think I'm missing something. Finn held his breath. If he'd been Natalie, he would have spilled everything right there. He would have opened his mouth and the whole story of the automatic text messages and the coded letter and the website butterflies and the secret lever in the panic room would have tumbled out whether he wanted it to or not. Even now, even though Miss Morales wasn't his mom, he was tempted to round the corner into the kitchen and tell all. But Natalie was just yelling at her mom. Yeah, mom, you're missing a heart because of how you treated dad and me. You always treat me like you think I'm going to make the same mistakes you made and ruin my life like you did. And Natalie came dashing out of the kitchen and smashed directly into Finn. And then Miss Morales was there too, right behind Natalie, bending down to take Finn by the shoulders and say in the fakest, heartiest voice of all, Oh, Finn, we didn't hear you get up. Did you just come downstairs? Her eyes begged him to say yes, and Natalie's gaze was intense as lasers. Finn was pretty sure Natalie was trying to say, no matter what you heard, don't tell mom anything. Lie if you have to. I just got here, Finn mumbled obediently. Then, because he thought any, 
He thought anybody could have told he was lying. He added a normal thin line. Is it breakfast time yet? Almost, Miss Morales said, her voice flooded with fake cheer. Just give me a few more minutes. Hey, Finn, Natalie said too loudly. Why don't you come outside and wait for the bus with me? Then when the bus comes, you can go back inside and mom will have your breakfast ready. Th that's a good idea, Miss Morales said as if she was stunned that Natalie had suggested it. Okay, Finn said. Natalie slipped a yogurt container, a granola bar, and a water bottle into her backpack and hoisted it to her shoulder. Finn trailed after her out the front door. As soon as the door shut behind them, Natalie asked, you heard everything, didn't you? Yep. Natalie reached down and unbuttoned and rebuttoned two buttons of Finn's shirt. Evidently, he had done it wrong. Mom's not really that much of a monster, she said apologetically. It's just she's the one who asked for the divorce. And that just, just, I don't think your mom's a monster, Finn said. At least you have your mom. Emma or Chess would have immediately hugged him and said, we will too, soon. We're going to get our mom back. Natalie just kind of froze. And somehow this morning, Finn liked that better. I didn't think you took the bus, he said as they started walking down the long, long sidewalk toward the street. I thought your mom drove you. She does, except when we have other kids staying here, Natalie said, which probably makes me selfish that I get mad about that. Sorry, Finn said. Natalie laughed. You could make it up to me by telling mom you're craving carne asada. She always serves really boring meals when we have kids here, and that bugs me too. Is that food? Finn asked. I bet I would crave it if I knew what it was. I like food. And then Natalie really did hug him a little bit. I don't mind having you around, she said. Finn didn't know if she meant that about just him or about Emma and Chess, too. He decided not to ask. Nothing happened last night after I fell asleep, right? Oh, sorry. Nothing happened after I fell asleep last night, did it? He asked, which was a stupid question because he'd made Emma and Chess promise to wake him up the instant they solved the code. And the bright sunlight with Natalie, it was possible to ask a little more. Or maybe did someone find those kids in Arizona? Somehow it seemed like if the kids in Arizona were found, it would be a sign that he and Chess and Emma would get their mom back too. No, Natalie said. She kicked at the mulch that lined the sidewalk. But Finn, what? Finn said. She wouldn't look at him. You know something. Tell me. Natalie's face twisted and untwisted like she was trying to decide. Okay, she said. I haven't said anything to Emma or Chess because they're all, we've got to solve the code. That's all we can think about. And they're already upset. You know I have been using earbuds, so none of you have to hear what I'm working on. Finn knew what she was saying. So you don't have to hear the voice that sounds like your mother's, but isn't. But I have been looking at everything I can about the kids in Arizona and their parents, Natalie went on. And did you see that the mother's name in Arizona is also Kate? Just like your mom's? For some reason, it wasn't in the original news coverage, but the woman in Arizona looks almost exactly like your mom and has the same first name. No, Finn said. His mind couldn't take that in. He wasn't going to ask if that other mom had the same birthday too, just like her kids in the same had the same birthdays as Chess, Emma, and Finn. He couldn't. His voice turned accusing. Are you sure you read it right? Or heard it right? He tried to think if he'd seen or heard the Arizona mother's name before, either on his mom's laptop that first day while she stood in their kitchen or on the laptop he used in Ms. Morales' office two nights ago. He'd been too distracted both times. Then I'm sure, Natalie said. 
And I used facial recognition software that mom has on her computer. Emma helped me get a photo from your mom's phone. And I took a screenshot of the other woman. And that software thinks your mom and the Arizona mom are the same person exactly. Then absorb that. Wouldn't facial software think identical twins were the same person? But why would identical twins both be named Kate? He thought of a better question. Which one? Finn asked. His voice cracked. I mean, does the computer think my mom is Kate Gastano or that the Arizona mom is Kate Greystone? He could barely even say his mother's name. I'm not sure, Natalie said, squinting at him thoughtfully. That software doesn't give an identity by name. It just says they're the same person. But maybe if I can find a better program like what police use, then my mom is not a criminal, Finn protested. That's not what I'm saying, Natalie patted his shoulder. I just, I have a theory, but you and your brother and sister aren't going to like it. Try me, Finn said. He puffed out his chest a little, hoping that it made him seem older and better prepared for whatever Natalie was going to say. Well, sometimes grown-ups who say they're just traveling a lot for their jobs actually have two different families in two different places, Natalie said. They lie. I mean, usually it's fathers who do this, not moms. And if the birthdays aren't lies, too, then either you or those kids in Arizona are adopted. And now that I'm saying this out loud, it sounds kind of crazy, but... Natalie, my mom travels for her job maybe once or twice a year, Finn exploded. Just one or two days at a time. She's not, she's almost always with us, except, he couldn't say it, but surely Natalie understood that he meant, except now. Mom doesn't have another family. She doesn't lie. She isn't a criminal. You can stop thinking about any theories that make her a bad person. Okay, Natalie said softly. And then she hugged him again, almost exactly like Chess or Emma would. As soon as she let go, Finn turned around to face away from the street. If the bus came now, he wouldn't want anyone to see on it to see how close he was to tears. But now he was facing the house. Something moved in the huge picture window in the front. It was Miss Morales stepping off to the side behind the drapes. She'd been watching them. And it was funny. When mom watched out the front window while Finn, Emma, and Chess were waiting for their bus, it always made him feel safe, secure, safe and secure, loved, protected. Having Miss Morales watch him and Natalie now the, and dart behind the drapes so he didn't see her just scared him more. What was Miss Morales afraid of? What if it was something that even grown up, a grown up couldn't protect him from?